0: Welcome all to a new episode of Scary Stories for the Soul. Here at Podcast Headquarters, Halloween is our favorite time of the year. And it wouldn't be Halloween without visiting one of the most famous legends in American history. The year is 1776 and Ichabod Crane, school and Sleepy Hollow's newest resident, is riding on horseback through the dark and gloomy woods. The townspeople had warned him about the woods, had warned him about the spirit of the headless horseman, and the nightly rides he took through those very same trails. But Ichabod was a practical man, and didn't fall victim to the delusions of small-minded people or their ghost stories. So, he continued on his way through the woods, and ignored the whispering that whistled through the trees. But suddenly... He hears it, the sound of hooves rapidly approaching from somewhere nearby. He turns and sees the dark shape of the headless horseman riding a black horse with red eyes, and he's coming directly for him. Ichabod turns tail and runs, willing his horse to go as fast as it can He's so close that he can feel the heat of the horseman's hellfire on his back. Up ahead, the Bridge of Souls lays in wait, and Ichabod knows that if he can just get across that bridge, he'll be safe. But he's too late, his horse just a bit too slow, and the horseman throws the flaming pumpkin he's been using for a head directly at Ichabod. No one knows what happened to the schoolteacher after that, not definitively, anyway, but the residents of Sleepy Hollow had their suspicions. There were rumors, gossip, really, passed from person to person, that the horseman had taken Ichabod and dragged him down to hell. There were others who believed that the brawny Bram von Brunt had tricked Crane into fleeing the Hollow because he was getting a little too close to Katrina Van Tassel, Brahms intended. Either way, Ichabod was never seen again. We can thank Washington Irving for the tale of the Headless Horseman. Irving spent most of his time following the events of the Revolutionary War in the village of North Tarrytown, New York. While there, local businessman Voltus Van Tassel, who was in fact a real man, regaled him with the tale of finding the decapitated corpse of a Jäger, a type of German soldier who had assisted during the war, after a particularly violent skirmish. Van Tassel made the decision to bury the mysterious Hessian trooper in an unmarked grave on the old Dutch burial grounds, a move that surprised not just the residents of North Tarrytown, but Irving himself. The writer was so fascinated with the possible origins of this headless soldier that he crafted The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, a short story published in 1819 that was included in his collection entitled The Sketchbook of Geoffrey Crayon Gent. But the legend itself has far surpassed Irving and any expectations that he might have had for the short story. In 1997, the village of North Tarrytown, New York, officially changed its name to Sleepy Hollow. And in 2006, a large sculpture of the headless horseman chasing poor Ichabod Crane was erected along Route 9. Tim Burton also took a whack at the legend with his 1999 film Sleepy Hollow, which featured Christopher Walken as the headless horseman, Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane, and Christina Ricci as Katrina Van Tassel. Sleepy Hollow, New York, boasts thousands of tourists year-round, and the legend of the Headless Horseman and his midnight ride continues to live in the hearts and minds of many a daredevil who would venture the woods at night. What better way to say hello to Halloween than by reintroducing you to everyone's favorite Headless Fellow? Scary Stories for the Soul presents Dylan and the Headless Horseman. Sleepy Hollow was a small town, much smaller than what Dylan Dullahan was accustomed to, but it was nice and he reminded himself that a change of pace was what he needed. Manhattan had not worked out the way he wanted it to. The students at his school were well-heeled and manicured, but they lacked respect for authority figures, which was expected when the majority of them came from parents who made three times his salary in a week. In the end, his nerves had gotten the best of him and rather than be fired for potentially having a nervous breakdown in class, he quit and took the position as Sleepy Hollow High School's newest English teacher. October was a big month in Sleepy Hollow. Dylan knew that even before moving there, but it was a different thing altogether witnessing it in person. People were pumped. They were ready for the Halloween festivities and for the possible arrival of their most popular and feared urban legend. There were some residents of the Hollow that built statues of the headless horsemen and Ichabod Crane in their front yards, clearly fans of the legend. But then there were those that stopped going out after the sun went down and bought extra locks for their doors. Dylan realized that you were either hyped or terrified there seemed to be no in-between, which made him uncomfortable, since as a newcomer and an overall skeptic of all things spooky and supernatural, he was just not that into the festivities. He found it all a little silly, a little childish. What are you doing for Halloween tonight, Mr. Dullahan? One of his students asked him that fateful October 31st. Dylan mulled it over in his head. He was originally planning on staying home, passing out candy, and watching a documentary on the origins of Halloween. But perhaps this was a good opportunity for a teachable moment on the power of myth and legend. I was thinking about taking a stroll through the forest. His students went quiet. Seriously? A boy named Michael asked. Yeah, seriously. Dylan replied with a smile. He had clearly gotten their attention. Why? Is there something wrong with that? A chorus of murmurs broke out in the room. Mr. Dullahan, class president Melanie said in a tone of admonishment, you know what they say happens in those woods at night, especially on Halloween. Ah, Yes. The headless horseman rides aloft a black steed, stalking all those who are brave enough, or arrogant enough, Melanie interjected under her breath, to walk in the woods at night. He'll take your head because he can't find his own, Michael said worriedly. And who told you that? It's Sleepy Hollow's most popular legend, Melanie said, That's exactly it, though, isn't it? It's a legend, passed down from generation to generation. And thanks to a few movies and books, it's taken on a life of its own. The Hessian is based off of the body of a real German soldier, though, she said, irritation coding her words. The real Baltus Van Tassel found him and had him buried in an unmarked grave. Yes. Yes. But everything after that came from Washington Irving's imagination, Dylan said. He walked over to his whiteboard and in bold letters wrote, The Power of the Myth. Myths and legends have been around since the dawn of time, and they have shaped who we are as people, as a society. The reason we say bless you when someone sneezes is because it was thought that the soul left the body when we sneezed mirrors are traditionally covered during funerals because people thought souls could be captured within them directly after death for better or worse these imaginary legends have had a huge impact on us take sleepy hollow for example the town changed its name to support the irving story and legend and when was the last time any of you walked in the forest after dark halloween or not he looked around and took everyone silent nevers. That's what I thought. Which brings me to your weekend assignment. I want you all to pick your favorite urban legend or myth, research its origins, and figure out how it affects people in modern times. There was a resounding groan around the room, and you can't pick the Headless Horseman. That would be cheating. Have you walked in the woods at night since moving here? Melanie challenged him. Dylan tried his best to hide the look of embarrassment on his face. Truth be told, he hadn't. Not only was he not a big fan of nature, he wasn't particularly a fan of the dark either. No, as a matter of fact, I haven't, he replied nonchalantly. I've been here a few weeks, and with the move and setting up the classroom and buying furniture, I haven't had a lot of time to go on nature walks. So it has nothing to do with the fact that Mr. Lopez says you're scared of the dark? (laughs) No. He replied with a fake chuckle. Also, that's not true. Melanie was smart and resourceful, if not a little overzealous. She saw an opportunity and took it. Can I propose a challenge then? She asked. Propose away. If you can spend an entire night in the Hessian's woods without running scared, we'll write the essay, plus three pages. And if I can't? Not only is there no essay, but there's no midterm either. The Klaus broke out in taunts. Dylan weighed the options in his head. If he didn't do it, not only would he be admitting to his students that he was afraid, but his whole spiel about myths only having power if you believed in them would fall flat. If he did do it, he would have to spend the entire night in the cold woods with the bugs and animals. But as an educator and a stubborn mule, he wasn't going to back down from a challenge brought on by a 16-year-old. You're on, he said. The rules were simple. Once the sun went down, Dylan had to enter the woods and spend the entire night inside. The students were allowed to tell whoever they wanted about this little bet of theirs because it would ensure that if he were to try and bail out early, someone would surely catch him and turn him into the rabid teenagers. He could have his cell phone with him, but the only calls he was allowed to make were to the police in case of supernatural or just natural emergencies. At 7pm, almost on the dot, the sun finished setting and the entirety of Dylan's fourth period English class were outside his home, waiting to walk him to the entrance of Hessian Woods. When they arrived at the edge of the forest, Dylan turned around and waved a dramatic goodbye to his students. They watched as he walked into the darkness of the trees and disappeared from their sight. The first thing that Dylan noticed was just how dark it actually was inside the Hessian woods. The trees that grew from the cold, hard soil were thick-trunked and shot up high, their branches stretching across the sky, obscuring the full moon's light. All above, branches crisscrossed and wove over each other as if fighting for space. Aside from a few owls hooting up in the trees and the sound of his own shoes on the forest floor... There was no sound, no wind, no nothing. Dylan had had the foresight to buy a map at the general store near his home, and he was now following the trail that was marked for curious tourists. He could have just stayed within the forest entrance and hung out in a spot a little obscured by the trees, so no one could see him from the tree line. But that would be cheating, he thought, so he kept walking further and further into the dark. After a few minutes, he took out his headlamp from his backpack and put it on. He was grateful for the strong beam and for the fact that no one could see him now looking like an old-fashioned miner. After an hour of walking, he realized he had managed to meander away from the trail. He had greatly overestimated his sense of direction and was now hopelessly and miserably lost. He stopped to catch his bearings by a giant boulder that stood in a leafy clearing. Checking his map, he tried to retrace his steps, but if he was going to be honest with himself, he didn't know where he was going from the moment he stepped into the woods. The thought of calling the police dangled right in front of him. He was lost, which sounded like a good enough emergency, but it had only been an hour and he hadn't even tried getting himself out. No. He was going to keep walking and hope for the best. The deeper he walked into Hessian woods, the darker and colder it got. His breath formed small clouds of condensation every time he breathed out. His hands were numb from the cold underneath his fleece-lined gloves, and the hair on the nape of his neck was standing on end. The owls had stopped hooting, and there was no other sign of discernible life around him. But despite that, He had the sensation of eyes watching him from somewhere beyond the trees. He stopped walking and scanned his surroundings. There was nothing visibly there, but there was something else. A sound. The sound of snapping twigs and branches. Something was approaching from within the trees. Something big enough to move the branches out of its way. Dylan squinted his eyes and stretched his hearing, trying to concentrate on the sound. Maybe one of his students had followed him in, or maybe a parent was coming to get him. A few of them had not been on board with the plan. But no, this sound was bigger, heftier. And then, in the dark, he heard it. The sound of hooves clomping forward an animal. A horse. Just when he was about to come up with some other possibility for the strange noise, the high-pitched whinny of a horse ripped through the air. Dylan bolted from his spot in the forest, dropping his map and the cell phone he had been clutching in his hands. He ran as fast as he could, painfully aware of the sound of hooves racing towards him, not daring to look behind him for fear that he would lose his balance and fall he just kept running until his lungs ached and his legs quaked he rounded a sharp corner and hid behind the trunk of a thick graying tree he turned off his headlamp plunging himself into darkness nothing but small slivers of moonlight shone through the trees up above breathing as slowly as possible so as to not give away his hiding spot He heard the horse entering the clearing. Dylan ventured a peek at his stalker, peeking around the tree to get a good look, and what he saw made him cover his mouth to stop the scream from ripping out of his throat. A headless horseman straddled a black steed with bright red eyes. Its hot breath warmed up the air around him, tainting the atmosphere with the smell of brimstone. The horseman was dressed in black, in a military uniform that was torn and faded, with bullet holes and stab wounds marring the fabric. His build was heavy and powerful, and he moved as though he had a head, although there was nothing atop his neck. The wound where his head had been severed was red and raw and looked as though it were still bleeding. The horseman kept a tight hold on the reins of his animal fully in command despite his violent wound. And resting in front of him was a carved jack-o'-lantern, the face of which looked like it was carved by a maniac with a knife. Dylan tried to convince himself that it was a prank, a joke. Someone had clearly followed him into the woods and was trying to get him to run scared out of the forest. But even as he thought it, he knew it was a lie the horseman for all his sturdiness and might shimmered in the moonlight there were moments when the light hit him giving Dylan the ability to see right through the Hessian he also could have sworn that he saw the jack-o'-lantern blink its hastily cut eyes no this was real the horseman was real and he was looking for him Dylan's heart hammered against his chest. He could smell the aroma of brimstone clouding around him as the horseman circled the clearing. He couldn't stay there long. Eventually, the horseman would find him, and God knows what he would do when that happened. Dylan crouched down and picked up a heavy rock laying beside his feet. With all the strength he could muster in his shaking arms, he launched the rock as far as possible. It went crashing through the trees, thankfully making an incredible amount of noise. The horseman galloped towards the sound, and once Dylan saw that he was gone, he ran as fast as he could in the opposite direction. Dylan went crashing through the trees, ignoring the scratches and bruises blossoming on his body from clashing with branches, shrubs, and thorn bushes, but it was no use. The more he ran, the more he realized that he was lost and he was only getting more turned around. He had no idea where he was. Panic was fogging his brain, stopping him from thinking clearly, so he slowed down despite the fear rattling his bones and forced himself to concentrate. How did the legend go? Ichabod Crane had run into the Headless Horseman on his way home and ran as fast as he could on horseback to try and escape him. But where was he running to? Where was he going? The Bridge of Souls! The horseman couldn't cross the Bridge of Souls because it laid on hollowed ground. But where was it? He had never been there, and he sure as hell was not going to be able to find a way to get there. He didn't even know where he was now. I'll show you the way, a voice said. A man emerged from the trees his skin was ashen and his eyes and cheeks were sunken in casting shadows across his face he wore his long hair in a low ponytail and his nose hooked in a regal way he wore clothes reminiscent of the 1700s dylan recognized them from the history books he had studied years ago across his neck was a jagged red line the skin was peeling back from the wound and he could see small glimpses of muscle showing where the skin was curled back. It seemed as though his head was attached to his neck through sheer force of will, and he had the same shimmering, translucent quality to him that the horseman had. "'Are you Ichabod Crane?' Dylan asked quietly. "'I think I was, once,' Ichabod replied. But now my life seems like a distant memory. My home is this forest now, and my fate lies here now as well. But I can help you. You do not have to be like me. Follow me, but be quick. I can feel the horsemen rapidly approaching. Dylan could hear the horsemen circling back. He stood up and ran following Ichabod's specter through the trees, zigzagging past boulders and fallen trees in an attempt to keep up. His legs ached from the running, but he didn't dare stop. Don't turn around, Ichabod called out to him. He could feel the heat on his back, hear the low rumbles of the horse's breath, and he knew that the horseman was right on his tail. He heard the sound of a sword being unsheathed. Hot tears poured down his face. Do not turn around, cried Ichabod again. But Dylan was terrified. How close was the horseman? Was he close enough to cut his head off with one foul swoop? Close enough to grab him by the hair and drag him to hell? The bridge is ahead, Ichabod said. And sure enough, Dylan could see the white bridge only yards ahead of him. At that moment, the headless horseman's dark steed unleashed a long and loud cry as if the animal itself were shouting at him. The sound tore through Dylan's body. Instinctually, he turned around mid-run to face his attacker and lost his balance. No! He heard Ichabod cry out. Dylan went down hard, skidding to a stop a few short feet of the Bridge of Souls. He tried to scramble to his feet, but the Headless Horseman jumped down from his horse and stabbed Dylan's calf with the rusted blade of his sword. He swore from the pain. Looking up, he could see Ichabod's shimmering form begin to slowly fade away. I am so sorry, my friend, Ichabod said before disappearing altogether. Please don't leave me, Dylan whispered. The horseman pulled his sword out of Dylan's leg and kicked him, so he was laying on his back. He walked over to him and leveled his sword at his neck. Our Father, who art in heaven, Dylan prayed, but before he could finish, the horseman cut his head off with one quick strike. The following morning, when the English teacher never reported back from his venture into Hessian woods, his students went to his home but found the house empty and dark. Knowing that their teacher wouldn't leave them in suspense for the sake of a practical joke, they went to the police and reported him missing. Sleepy Hollow police officers scoured every inch of the forest. Search parties were formed that consisted of both locals and out-of-towners, but there was no luck. At one point during the search, they found his cell phone and a map, but no other personal effects. For a week, they searched the woods, but the news of a school teacher going missing in Sleepy Hollow after entering Hessian Woods on Halloween attracted far too many onlookers and horror content creators. So, the police sent everyone home and continued the search on their own. Exactly nine days after Halloween and Dylan's disappearance, police officers discovered a set of footprints that had dried in the mud. Upon following them, they came upon a decapitated body in hiking gear laying by the entrance of the Bridge of Souls. A headlamp was placed on its chest with the initials D.D. written in black marker. They also found a jack-o'-lantern burning brightly beside the bridge, its gaping mouth, smiling widely at them. No one was ever arrested or convicted for the murder of Dylan Dillahan. His students were torn by grief and guilt, as was the rest of the town. They should have stopped him from going in. They shouldn't have made that stupid bet. Because although the police wouldn't admit it, the people of Sleepy Hollow knew what had happened to Dylan. The headless horseman had taken his head just as he had Ichabod Cranes. Throughout the month of October, we will be releasing a new episode every week leading up to the big day, Halloween. Tune in to new episodes on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to follow Scary Stories for the Soul and rate the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any legends, myths, or scary stories you want to see covered on the show, email your ideas to scarystoriesforthesoul2020 at gmail.com. This has been Isabel Cortez. Until next time.